right, welcome in to the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast, the NBA edition. Rob Parker, Martin Weiss. Martin, what's happening? How you doing today? Not much. I'm just so thankful that the NBA All-Star break is over. I mean, seriously, like, I, I enjoyed the All-Star game. But the, just the days before and the days after, I get that guys need a day off, but what they don't understand is like there's nothing to watch on TV. I finished season nine of Team Mom OG because I so what else am I supposed to watch? What do you mean? I need the NBA back. Inside the NBA, the story on TNT, did you see me on there? I was in episode three and four. Did you watch? That's did when you- I turned it off. I knew I, I knew it was fake news as soon as oh, I no, wow. I'm just kidding. No, no, really, no. What happened though? See, things like that, I don't want to watch them. And I want to watch them all as they come out, like all in a row. Like the last dance was the first time I really, first time in years that I really had broken something down and watched it kind of as it came out. I would almost rather just be able to watch it two hours at a time and and finish it all. But I am going to go back and check that out. All right. We'll talk about it. I saw your little cameo. I know. We want to talk about that a little later on in the show as well. But all right. Now let's welcome in one of my favorite people, NBA guys, Ryan Hollins, of course, a 10-year NBA vet. He has about, uh, I don't know if there's enough room in his uh, office because he has about 20 jerseys of all the teams he played for, Martin. But let's welcome in Ryan Hollins, the NBA analyst on TV, radio, everything. What's up, Ryan? Hey, hey, Rob, what's going on, brother, man? Been Been about time, man. Thanks for having me again, man. No doubt. I was just I was just telling Ryan, man, I haven't seen this guy in what feels like years. But you know, to your point about how many jerseys Ryan Holland's got, I want you to know, Ryan, you are often one of my be- one of my bench players in my franchise mode. Hey man, like, appreciate you, man. Also, appreciate you, know, man. You know what I mean? Like throughout the years, Ryan Hollins was always giving me a solid 10 minutes off the bench. You know what I'm saying? Like in the, in the games you, that I would simulate. He just, he just all in on you because y'all are light-skinned, but that's another Oh, come on, right? <laughs> Yo. Whatever. All right. A lot of stuff to talk about. First, let's get to this. I wrote a column for Deadspin today, and it was about the idea that Steph Curry has ruined the NBA. We saw him pulling up for those half-court, three-quarter sh- court shots at the All-Star game, you know, and all that, and everybody's doing it around the league. Am I off base, Ryan? I know you hit me up on uh, Twitter. You weren't that happy about it. But but I got, do I have any juice whatsoever on this thing about people trying to copy Steph Curry? And that's why we are where we are in the NBA today. Now, nah, Rob, you're absolutely crazy, but I will give you the juice that <laughs> there are certain teams that come out and play like there's Steph Curry in Golden State. And I always say, you can't be Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. You can't be Golden State without Steph or Klay. And you had teams that were playing this analytics game and firing up threes, and it just didn't work good. But in retrospect, you have to look at this where you say Steph Curry ruined the game. I'll say he improved it. And I'll give you two, I'll give you two different elements to it. The skill level of the NBA player has risen phenomenally. Because of the Steph Currys of the world or Steph Curry, your power forward and center are now acceptable to be skilled. You know, once upon a time when I played, the only it was like, oh, European big. He's skilled. He can pass. He can shoot. He can do these things. So now the expectations of these young bigs are starting to rise. So what you're getting, Rob, is the role players are improving. But Rome wasn't built in a day, and you're not seeing it from you're not seeing it from certain teams that just jack up threes and it gets ugly because they're trying to catch up. 
But the center position, which was left in the dust, which is at 35, 36 years old, I'm doing radio and TV with you, Rob. No, you know, no offense. I'd like to have still been playing basketball, but in all retrospect, now it's acceptable for the centers to shoot threes and be skilled and do those things. And we got to look back at Steph Curry and we got to appreciate him for that. So I think there's a level where he set the league back a second because they kept trying to beat him. But I think it's two and three steps forward where you got to appreciate what he's brought to the table, Rob. So, yeah. so let me ask you this, though, Ryan. So to your point, though, because I think you're right. I, I, Rob's crazy. Steph Curry didn't ruin the league. How can you watch what happened in the All-Star game or watch like the Warriors play in the last, I don't know, five years and say Steph Curry ruined the league? That's insanity. I mean, but that's over there. We'll, we'll deal with that. That's another topic. But my question is to you, you got these guys like um, like Steph, Dame, who are shooting from like Trey Young, shooting from the timeline, right? What does the game need to do? All right, because so you, formerly you had Shaq, right? Shaq was dominating in the paint. They made the paint bigger, right? So little guys had a chance, right? So what does the game need to do so guys like you aren't 34 years old doing radio? The biggest thing, man, and we touched on it a little bit earlier, you have to let the big guys play. Now, it's funny, Rob, uh, Martin, you know, there's a couple guards that only shoot 30% from the from the three-point line. Us bigs, I could have shot 30% from three, but guess what? As soon as I stepped out to the three-point line, coach is like, yo, you trying to get on the bench? You, right. to, you know what I'm saying? You'll never shoot that shot in the game. I don't know why you shoot. What's wrong with you? So now it's acceptable. You know, later in my career, when I played in Washington, I came out and just started warming up and shooting some mid-range jumpers. He said, yo, you shoot a three or you shoot a layup? You shoot a three or you shoot a layup? And that was towards the end of my career. So the biggest thing is these big guys being acceptable to shoot. And a lot of big guys can outshoot the guards, you know, but they were never allowed to. Think of uh, think about Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is seven foot, seven foot one. When we look at each other, we stand eye to eye, but he was listed as six nine. Why? Because he knew they would have drafted him and tried to throw him in the post. And imagine Kevin Durant being a team's power forward. Imagine him being he being your power forward. Kevin Garnett is two and two, possibly two inches taller than me. And I'm a legit seven feet. And Kevin Garnett always lifted himself. And Rob, you know this from covering the league at 6'11. He's nobody 6'11. But he told me, hey, hush, youngin', hush, youngin'. They don't need to know that because he never wanted to have the opportunity to be thrown into the into the into the post. He was too skilled. He was too dynamic. So now it being acceptable is where the big man is going to come back and emerge. Because, I mean, heck, I could have shot a corner three. I could have shot a top of the key three if that was something that I drilled and worked on. But I was told to work on mid-range jumpers. And that's what I worked on. But, you know, it it clearly dated me, you know. But that was the way that the league was played at the time. Our guest is Ryan Hollins here on the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, the NBA edition. And let me ask you, Blake Griffin has joined the Nets. He cleared waivers, and now he's with the Brooklyn Nets. How does that help that team? Does it make him more dangerous offensively, especially when, you know, a lot's not going to be asked of him, but he – can still play, right? I absolutely believe that Blake can still play basketball. Is he going to be the high flyer that we remember from Lob City that I played with? No, I don't think so. But Blake Griffin is incredibly skilled and he works his tail off. So the one thing Blake can do in this era of now small ball, where he's going to be guarded by small forwards and power forwards, 
He can go to the block and score. He can pass. He can distribute and be incredibly effective. Blake has also expanded his game out to the three-point line. So I think you're going to see an offensive impact in the second unit for Brooklyn because the one thing they, they had been looking for is depth. You know, you don't want to run James Harden and Kyrie and, and KD into the ground. So now you got a guy who can come off the bench that can give you, you know, 15, 20 points a night playing out the post, picking and popping and kind of playing his role because that team just needs fresh bodies that can play and, and, and work. And now you got a reunitement of uh, Blake and DeAndre. Nobody's talking about that. But, you know, I, I've spoken to Blake and he's very happy about the move. And it shows a real commitment at this stage in his career. He wants a championship, man. And and, and it's just, uh, you, you guys know the new blood. When you're at the a, a workplace that you don't want to be at, you're kind of mulling around. You're not doing your best work. You're thinking about someone else. But when you get to that new workplace and you're working and you're on the Rob Parker podcast, man, you're bringing it because you're excited. You're happy. You're fun. It's something new. It's a different flavor. So I think we're going to see that from Blake Griffin for sure. All right. On the spot right now, does Blake Griffin dunk in a regular season game this year? He has to. If Blake Griffin doesn't, I, listen, I'm going to call him up. I'm going to text him. You know the him. last time Blake Griffin we, Listen, we're, I know, big. man. I, we're going to have problems. Because he's too active. He's too active not to dunk. That's a problem. That means he's just hanging around the three-point line. He, he, listen, man, there's going to be so many threes. Getting, he's going to have to get a dunk. If he doesn't get a dunk, there's a problem, yo. There's a problem, yo. Okay, he, I'm, he, just, he, I'm, he, I'm, I'm just going to listen. Over. I heard all you said. I know. I know you played with Blake. I know you know Clipper. Clipper for life, you know. But I, I'm not trying to. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I'm, I, I won a lot of money betting against the Pistons the last couple of years. I'll just say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say that. Oh, all right, Brian. Brian. Let me ask you the uh, pro basketball, the basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Massachusetts, uh, announced the uh, nine players and uh, five coaches that are up for you know honor to be uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I just want to ask you about a couple guys. Obviously, you know, uh, Chris Bosh is on that list, Paul Pierce. And the one that I think is worth a debate and conversation is uh, is uh, Chris Webber. And obviously, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame, so what you do in college matters. You know, everything is all lumped together. This is not the NBA Hall of Fame. And I just wonder, I, I'm not there with Chris Webber. Um, didn't win in college, didn't win in the pros. He had a very good career. I'm not saying he wasn't a, a, a very good player. But I, I, but it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. He was on an iconic team in Michigan that never even won a Big Ten title, if you could believe that. But where are you on Chris Webber? Is, is he a Hall of Fame or is he a debatable Hall of Fame? I'm in on Chris Webber in... You know, I look at the Basketball Hall of Fame differently than the Football Hall of Fame. You know, you you, you have to be the all-time, you know, rushing leader or something crazy. It is crazy to get into the NFL Hall of Fame. That's a true feat. Basketball Hall of Fame is a whole lot more lenient. I believe that Weber's in from his all-star appearances. I think that, that that Fab Five team had an effect on the basketball culture in which we don't speak about um, enough. And when you think about the, the, like I said, the Fab Five or the Basketball Hall of Fame, it's your impact on the sport. And Chris Webber has definitely had an impact on the sport. Unfortunately, he had to run into Kobe and Shaq, but those Sacramento teams were some of the, the, the best, literally high post passing. When you talk about high post passing off the elbow, he and Vladi Divac for a big change the game. So from a culture aspect, from an impact on the game, 
You see him doing broadcasting now. I would put him in because the Basketball Hall of Fame is more about your effect. It's not so much like the NFL where it boils down to the numbers. And I can't speak to Major League Baseball, uh, Rob. I know you guys have your controversies there. I know you're a voter, a proud voter. Um, but That's I would not- say the NBA, I would put Weber in the Hall of Fame. And you got to erase those blemishes that he's had because we've all had mistakes uh, that have happened in our past. And I feel like that was something the fat five days, those suspensions were really holding, holding way back, unfortunately. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't personally give a damn about the five, five suspensions. You're making that much money for the school. Like, I, mm, hey. Hey, I, 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 I can't, I can't fault you. Hey, economics, that always makes sense to me. But which, which one do you think is better? The one, because the NFL Hall of Fame, I mean, you see guys every year. There's a there's a video of an old timer who didn't get in, who's cursing at the TV, throwing it. Or, you know, he says, "What more can I do?" You know, like one of those things. And like, which which one do you think is a better representation of the history of the league? I would say the NFL, man, because it's just it's it's a whole lot tougher to get in. Like a dude could, you know, like we take high school coaches, and no no disrespect to any of them, but it's the impact on the game. So you're not looking at. It's not like a Hall of Famer is not the NBA top 50 list. The, the, the Hall of Fame, it's not like, yo, like, hey, Kobe, Shaq, Durant. Like, that's how how heavy the NFL's list is. Like, you have to be an all-time great to get in, and you don't have to be it. You know, for instance, I think Yao Ming, his impact on the game of China, you know, international basketball. But as far as NBA, Yao Ming number one a championship, you know, but he's in the Hall of Fame. So it's the NBA is more about the effect. But I think like to your point, the NFL, it's just so it's exclusive of a club to get in. That's why they were so mad at my guy, Terrell Owens. They wanted him to do it the good old fashioned way when he got in because his numbers spoke. But you have to be phenomenal. Like you got to be like top 10 receiving yards and touch like, like sudden crazy to get in. Whereas NBA, we don't have to have those same numbers. I would say that it's or basketball, excuse me. It's baseball, football, and then basketball. Like, like, but like basketball is the easiest one to get in. And you just brought it up. All right. Last thing. And we're going to let you run Uh, your NBA finals. Who's going to be in the NBA finals? Give us your crystal ball. And who do you think is going to win the the NBA uh, championship? I believe the Lakers and the Nets, man. Uh, LeBron James, if they're doing a good job, taking their time with Anthony Davis. There's nothing to rush back for. You need if he doesn't play a game into the playoffs, LeBron James is going to be okay, and that's the focus there. Um, I, I think the Clippers are much improved. I think they're the biggest threat to the Lakers, uh, but I'm not ready to necessarily crown them. You, Rob, you know how I feel about Utah. They're a great story, but I don't think they're quite enough. Uh, Brooklyn is running away with the East right now. If they just hold Paul. Kevin Durant is healthy. It's going to be hard to play him because Ben Simmons doesn't have a jump shot. So we're not going to pretend as well as Philly's playing that all of a sudden Ben Simmons is going to get this jump shot because he's going to be called upon and it's going to be very, very hard for him to be effective at this stage of his career without a jump shot. Giannis and the Bucks, I, I, I'm just so disappointed in what they've been doing. They've absolutely uh, fallen apart and, and no one gives Ryan Hollins the call. It's, Rob, you know this. I'm in your Rob Parker shoot. Nobody gives you a call when you're right. They say, yeah, you said, yeah, you said Giannis was good. <laughs> They don't give you, you know, they don't give, they don't give you that call or that tweet. Um, but ultimately, okay. Rob, um, to answer your question, I think it's Lakers and it's Nets, and it's going to be a race to the buyout market and see who can get a big man that can hold down the paint that's serviceable. Because right now, neither the Nets, Nets nor the Lakers have it, and they're going to be in there looking for the JaVel McGee's and the Drummonds 
uh, and Dwayne Dittman's and the McGee and the McGee's. Excuse me. I said them already. We appreciate you, my man. Thank you so much for joining us. All right. My, my guy. Hey, anytime, you. Rob. I'm expecting my uh, my invite soon, brother. We'll be back at it, man. And amazing stuff, man. Thanks for having me. And you guys are doing a, a, such a good job with this, man. Keep it going, man. I love the work. You know, big fan, man. One of the things that I love about betting on basketball is I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel is you can combine these props with other bets in the same game. It's called the same game parlay, and you can only find them on FanDuel. I like same game parlays because there's so many options. You can root for your own players. You can root for the teams. You can do player points. You can do player rebounds, player assists. All you can do against the spread. And the biggest thing about it is the odds are so high that you get these great payouts. So for me, for my same game parlay for uh, Thursday, what I'm going to do is I'm taking James Harden over rebounds, and I'm taking the Nets minus three. Okay, so whether you're new or used to FanDuel every day, check out the NBA Same Game Parlay. Same Game Parlays are just one reason why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app's easy to use. They've got great odds on all the different markets, always on promotions like advanced, enhanced odds on the biggest events to let you get more action. And you get in parlay insurance. So if your last leg, if your last leg kills you, you get your money back. If you haven't tried FanDuel Sportsbook yet, New users get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Just place a bet and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 in site credit if you don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today and use promo code LP3 at sign up. That's promo code LP3. The NBA All-Star game came and went. Team LeBron won 170 to 150. Just barely hitting the over on that Damian Lillard half-court three-pointer to win the game. Uh, and there were four and a half point favorites. If you're that degenerate to what you gambled on the game, I did not. But I mean, you know, the audience that we have here, Rob, these guys, you know, I'm sure that somebody sitting there was mad as hell at team Durant and his terrible job of drafting. And also probably very upset that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons decided to get haircuts before the game because their barber tested positive coronavirus in, uh, in Philadelphia. So they were not able to play. Which, uh, if that's not a microcosm for how the NBA season has been going this year, I don't know what is. No doubt. And not only did they not play in the All-Star game, but they're going to miss the opening of the second half of the season with their team because of, of the uh, COVID scare. So, you know, that that's not something that I'm sure the 76ers are happy about. But it happens and you just don't know, you know, you go get a haircut. You don't know that the barber is going to test positive for covid and you're around him. So it's a it's a little bit of a blow. And I think um, just the idea of not starting the second half without your guys, not that it's the biggest deal if they miss a game or two, but it just feels a little strange. And I'll tell you this, though. The other thing, people who are hand-wringing right now because saying, like, they caught coronavirus or they are on the contact tracing list because of the All-Star game, if you have a problem with the All-Star game happening, then you should have a problem with the whole season happening. Because those guys, they flew in private to Atlanta, they stayed in their hotel rooms the entire time, and then flew back wherever they were going. So, like, it had no, it was really no different than any away game. The real concern that you want to have is the guys who weren't in Atlanta at the All-Star game. What were they doing, right? Um, but, like, this is – this to me is just – it's they had very little to do – with the all-star game. And in fact, it, I think it's the NBA in today's age 
And you know me, Rob. I don't play around with the virus, none of that. To me, what the NBA did with the Austin game was an abundance of caution rather than anything else. Yeah. I mean, they have to be very, very cautious. And they wanted to play it. A lot of players didn't want to do it, but they did it anyway. It wasn't that entertaining to me, but it is what it is. I've seen a million. I've been going to the All-Star game since the uh, late 80s. I've been going to these games. So this is all old hat, but it's hard for me to watch the All-Star game. So I think if you're the type of person that is into the All-Star game, the All-Star game was fine. Like, I think that if you're the type of person, like when I was sitting there watching it, you know, All-Star Sunday night, you know, normally I would have watched All-Star weekend, but it was all condensed into one day. Like, it didn't bother me. Like, it didn't. It it wasn't it wasn't weird. It didn't feel out of place. Like the only thing that felt out of place was not seeing like Kevin Hart on the sideline. You know, like seeing like Chris Tucker, Kevin Hart on the sideline. You know, but you had your same lackluster dunks. You had your same three points. You had your same nobody playing defense. You know. Yeah, it was an NBA star game, no doubt about it. So speaking of the aforementioned Joel Embiid, he has just recently on pretty much every sports book you can find past LeBron James for the MVP of the uh, NBA right now for the future's odds. I say this, like I am going to have a little bit of trouble with Joel Embiid for the MVP. I I see it. I, I see what he's doing this year. Why not? I, I, After that big win, didn't they beat Utah? And that was the big showdown, and he put up 40-plus points. Look, 40-plus points, game winner on a broken play. I mean, it would, Joel Embiid is playing out of his mind right now. But I just – it's going to be really hard because this is going to happen. Anthony Davis is going to come back, and LeBron is going – they're going to rip off like – they're going to finish the year crazy. And the narrative for LeBron is just going to overtake anything for Embiid because what's going to happen to Embiid is the Nets are going to be winning so many games in the East that it's just going to be like, can Embiid take the Nets? Now, now I'll say this. If Philly somehow finishes with the one seed in the East, it's a lot, but I just can't see it happen. See, I don't, I don't buy into LeBron. I think LeBron lost the MVP from this standpoint. They've been struggling without AD. If he, when AD comes back and they start ripping off games, it's going to be about AD and his importance to the Lakers. It's not going to be about a crowning of LeBron. AD is going to get all the accolades for bringing the Lakers back and oh, they, they're they're full again. They're whole. Look at his impact on. On, on LeBron and how they're winning. So I think LeBron actually loses because they had those bumps without AD. And now, and once he gets back, for them to start winning, I think James Harden has a real chance of winning because of what they're doing, despite having two other stars on the team. If he continues to play the way he's played and the Nets just won 10 out of 11 before the break and they get KD back and they win – 15 in a row or 20 in a row, and he's a facilitator, it's going to be hard to argue with that because he's played so well. See, but here's the deal. You know how this MVP goes. It's not really truly about – sometimes it's not all the way about logic. It's about who these guys are going to vote for. And after what happened to James Harden, after what he did to Houston, I can't imagine that they're going to get enough voters to vote for James Harden and get it. And after the way LeBron James was talking about – I feel like I should have got more respect for the MVP in the when he, in the bubble last year. If he if he's anywhere in the vicinity, that's my guy. That's my that's where my money is. I, let's let's bet a, um, a double order twenty lemon pepper wings on this one. I'm saying LeBron will not win the MVP. 
You got to pick a guy then. Like I'm not, I'm not giving you the field. That's not no, how this works. Give me the field. You say LeBron is gonna, they're gonna no. come. <laughs> no, I'm not giving you the field. If that's the case, like Rob, the way that future bets work is you no, generally man. get odds. I would get odds with anybody. You good about LeBron? You think he's gonna win? Let's just bet it. Well, you don't want to bet it. Rob, the listeners of this podcast are too sophisticated of gamblers for me to accept that bet and Why? keep this job. Why? You, you because it's a terrible bet. You want me to take LeBron versus the field, and you're not giving me any eye, no, no stretch, no nothing, no chips, no nothing. All right, I'll give you the two to one. If I, if you win, I give you twenty wins. If I win, I get ten. That's all. Deal. Okay, done. All right. All right. All right. That's all I was asking for. That's all I was asking for. I, I got to come back to work on Monday. I got to make these videos. You know, I got to make these videos telling people who to bet on in the NBA. If, I, if I'm taking sucker bets like that, you straight up. I mean, who's going to listen to me? All right. Rob, I, I, I was uh, doing homework and had TNT on mute, and I glanced up and saw your ugly mug on TV somehow, you know, in between clips of uh, Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal in two big suits, you know, and uh, Ernie Johnson with hair. So uh, apparently, you know, your grizzled status as, as veteran of all things sports writer garners you a cameo appearance in the Inside the NBA TNT documentary. I want to talk about that. Yeah. I mean, obviously I've been covering the NBA since uh, 1987. So it's been a long time. I was honored that they asked me to take part and talk about this show. The show arguably, even before Shaq showed up is just a great show and it's not stats and facts and numbers all the time. It's fun. It's entertaining. Uh, Charles Barkley's great. Ernie's great uh, at, at, delegating and, and driving the bus and Kenny Smith. And now, of course, Shaquille O'Neal over the, over the last few years. But it's the standard for a pre- and post-game show in sports today. And those guys are really good. I think Barkley is excellent. He's just funny. He, How many guys can be on a show like that, you know, where it's the NBC, NBA flagship show and say that the NBA is unwatchable? Or you know what I mean? Like a guy, like he said this. Like most guys would have never been yeah. able to say that. Uh, Charles Barkley has a rope that is remarkable. He says a lot of things that a lot of yeah. People but you know what? Everybody wants to hire him. I mean, they've tried to get him away from TNT forever. That's why Charles is that good because he speaks his mind, and I think that's what is the the charm of it. I know a lot of players. They're all salty, you know. Planners online one. They can't take any criticism. But he's really good. I I I I really uh, like what Charles does on the show. I think it's a fun show. No, I uh, it's one of the few shows that I turn the volume up on because you know, like in in the business that we're in, we watch TV. I got mo- I got I got three TVs in my living room, right? So I turn the volume down on all of them. Otherwise, I can't. You know, I literally lose my mind, right? So, but I would say Inside the NBA is one of the shows that I turn the volume up on, and I even turn the volume up on the. They're trying to like. I mean, like you said, those guys have been doing that show forever. They're trying. You see, they're trying to like kind of merge it with Lefko and Candace Parker and Dwayne Wade and and keep a shack on the on the end there. I'll turn the volume up on that too. Um, they have a level of and and I think the number one thing for me about Inside the NBA is that I mean, obviously, I I very much enjoy it, but every year you see people trying to compete with Inside the NBA, and they all fall to the wayside. And for me, somebody who, you know, watching studio shows is the reason why I got into this business, right? Like watching inside the NBA and shows like PTI, like it's gold standard. And to me, uh, to me, there was 
I like Kenny Smith the best. Why is that? Because if I'm watching something like that, I want to learn something. Like, I'm here for, like, jokes are cool, but, like, me being the, the basketball nerd that I am, is like, I want somebody to break down what just happened on the court and why this is. like. And sometimes it just is, hey, Rudy Gobert is not a dynamic player. And you can sit there and hear Shaq and, and Charles say that in so many ways. And it's a little bit it's a little bit less, uh, I don't want to say less polished, but it's, it's less shirt and tie than you would see in some other uh, some other broadcasts. But Kenny Smith will sit there, run up to the board, point and shit like, no, this on this screen, this here. You know, as somebody who didn't play at a high level, I value that. I can see that. And for somebody like me who's covered the league a long time, I want to hear – I do want to hear their opinions on stuff, but I don't want to be bogged down with numbers and stuff. So the show answers it for a lot of people. So NBA is back tonight. The All-Star break is over. I gave out the Grizzlies minus three and the Spurs plus four earlier this morning uh, for tonight's games. But since this is so close to tip off, me and Rob are going to look at two games for tomorrow, starting with the Atlanta Hawks at the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are currently at the time of recording, 6.15 Eastern Standard Time on Wednesday, March 10th. The Raptors are one-point favorites. Rob, who do you like? I like the Raptors. I mean, I know that they limped into the uh, All-Star break with uh, back-to-back losses, including one to the Pistons. So it wasn't that pretty, but they have all their players back after some COVID issues uh, in their last 10 meetings, I guess, against the Hawks, six and four against the spread. That's not that great. Just uh, a crapshoot. But only minus one, the Raptors, this game is being played in Tampa. The Hawks have a new coach, obviously, uh, after their coach Lloyd Pierce was fired. I, I, I'm going to go with the Raptors, a full squad. Uh, they're ready to go uh, to start the second half. I'm going to go with the Raptors minus one. Yeah, I like the Hawks. I like the Hawks after after a week with uh, little All Star participants, right? You know, they now they they've had a week with their with Nate McMillan, who we know is a bona fide basketball guy, NBA basketball, USA basketball. Um, not saying Lloyd Pierce wasn't, but we just know that Nate McMillan is an adult in the room in a way that is uh, establishable. And I, I, the Raptors, I'm not, I don't know what's going on there, but that team. That team is weird, man. I don't think they're very good this year. I think they're broken. I think Kyle Lowry being on the trade block, uh, it's a very, it's a transitional year for the Raptors. And the other thing is too, the Raptors never left the bubble, right? They're they're still in Tampa, and it's it's just I I just I think the Raptors are going to fall precipitously the second half of the season. And I think it starts t- uh, tomorrow night, and we'll go on from there to the Boston Celtics. They are traveling to Brooklyn to play the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets currently three-point favorites after, uh, you know, Kyrie and Harden in the All-Star game and Kevin Durant's uh, work taking the mantle for worst GM available um, after drafting. But that's all over now because that game starts tomorrow. Rob, what you got? I'm going to bet today and just about every day with the Nets as we move forward. I'm sorry. I know, I know. You know, they're minus three. Uh, the Celtics, they're in Brooklyn for this game. Uh, I just love wh- where they are, how well James Harden is playing. Uh, the other players, you know, Blake Griffin is now a part of the Nets. I just think minus three is just not – and the Celtics, they just haven't been that good. They're not, they're not as good as advertised, and they've struggled. I love the Nets in this game. 
I would pile up the uh, chicken wings on this bet. I like this a lot, unless, you know, we find out that somebody's not playing. But after the break, if these guys are all together and playing, I love the Nets minus three in this game. Big time. Yeah, you'll get no chicken wings out of me for this one because I also am on the Nets, even if somebody isn't playing. The Celtics, I – that uh, – Last year's the Celtics and the Raptors. Last year's playoff series. That playoff series. I don't know what happened in that playoff series, but it feels like the Monsters sucked the juice out of both of those teams. Like they, they, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know what's going on. I mean, you had some COVID issues, but even even before that, you know, it's just these guys don't seem. You know what? It really seems like they need to have some type of trade to spark something. It seems like it's stale, and, and honestly, in both situations. And uh, until that happens, I'm done. I am done being fooled by the. Uh, I'm done being fooled by the Boston Celtics. Even though they come in right, they had won four straight games heading into the All Star break to have a decent to, to for people to feel a little bit better because they were on the brink of of I mean, looking. They like were on, we were talking about should Brad Stevens have his job still? Like, I mean, we're 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 having, you know. You know, open the open the glass, press the red button conversations about the Celtics, and they won four straight. I'm not quite there yet to say we don't – maybe we close the glass, but I still got my hammer ready to hit the button. And for Brooklyn, this a win could give them uh, the lead in the East, and then they might never look back. You know, they're a half a game going into this game, Martin, behind Philadelphia. So they could win this game, take the top spot, and may never look back. In the East, this is the this is the game like one of those games you remember as they move forward. I just like where Brooklyn is, and I like what they're doing. And it's not just the stars. I mean, they're getting contributions from everybody. This is a well put together offensive team, and they're going to be hard to stop. I do I do wonder what the impact Blake Griffin will have. I think it'll be more of like a point Blake than anything. But I think what happened. The bigger thing about Blake Griffin is now Brooklyn knows we have our team. This is the team that we're probably not going to be adding too many more pieces here. This is a squad. Let's see what happens going forward. And I think we'll give him an opportunity to really gel. Because the first half of the year, I mean, think about it. He had Kyrie and his sabbatical. Harden was fat in Houston. Kevin Durant, no, you know, he's hurt, right? Like, the question is, like, whether he's going to be able to come back and play. I think this team, if they're going to come together and gel to be their highest point, it's going to happen in the next 30 games. And I think it starts tonight. All right, so now give me your lemon pepper parlay. What do you got? My lemon pepper parlay is going to be James Harden over assists and the Nets minus three. Because James Harden has been balling. He's just finding guys. He's playing like the best point guard in the league right now. Like it's just – and he's been deferential almost, almost to a fault. And I just feel like, especially with Blake coming – and they're together. It's, it's this whole big feeling at out period in Brooklyn. I think we'll still see Harden. I think we'll see Harden get over at least, I think, over 10 assists tomorrow. My lemon pepper parlay for this week. I'm going to go with the Raptors finally being healthy and being whole. They win. Minus one against the Hawks. I like that a lot. And I love the Nets minus three over the Celtics. I know the Celtics come in with four-game winning streak. Uh, before the All-Star break, but the Nets have won ten, two in a row and 10 out of 11, and they have been balling, and the addition of Blake Griffin. I like the Nets big time, so there you go. All right, that is our uh, podcast for this week, the Lemon Pepper Parlay Podcast. Please 
Uh, subscribe, like it, comment, tell us about it. We love doing it. Martin Weiss and myself, uh, definitely fun. Until next week, Martin. Until we meet again.